0: Three days before Christmas, uh, a wife woke up one morning and said to her husband, Last night I dreamt that you gave me a pearl necklace for Christmas. What do you think it means? And the husband said, Oh, don't worry. The day after tomorrow, you will find out. So the woman went to sleep again, and the next morning woke up and said to her husband, Honey, last night again I dreamt that for Christmas you would give me a pearl necklace. And with a glint in her eye says, what do you think that that means? And her husband responded again, oh, don't worry, tomorrow you'll find out. Tomorrow morning she woke up again and she said to her husband, honey, last night again, I dreamt that you'd give me a pearl necklace for Christmas. What do you think it means? And he said, oh, tomorrow, or this evening rather, you will find out. So that evening, which was Christmas Eve in which they usually exchanged gifts. Her husband came home with a small kind of box-looking thing, and the wife saw it with excitement, and she opened it gently, and into, to her surprise, when she opened the wrapping paper, she found a book that said, The Meaning of Dreams. <laughs> so the Gospel today is all about the meaning of dreams. Joseph, we hear, has a dream. What does it mean? We can consider what this dream of Joseph means when we think about all the names that Jesus gives. Names are so important to this gospel today. Joseph in his dream is told two names for Jesus. One, Jesus, and the second, Emmanuel. Names are so important. Think about your own name. What does it mean? What is the significance? Recently in our parish, especially after the pandemic, we've been having a lot of baptisms, which is wonderful. And before the baptisms, we usually have a class and we get together with the couples who are gonna baptize their baby. And we have a bit of a conversation about the meaning of baptism. And I like to begin those conversations by asking them, okay, what name are you gonna give your child or have you given your child? And usually this opens up a very beautiful conversation. You can tell right away that the parents have spent a lot of time thinking of the name for their son or daughter. These names are meaningful. And more often than not, when they explain the name that they've given their child, they'll usually say something like this. Well, we've chosen this name because this is the name of my grandmother, and my grandmother was so important for me in my life, so we want our daughter to have this name. For myself, I know that there's this connection in the past with names, even in my own life. We know oftentimes our names connect us to the past like that. So my middle name is Conrad, and growing up, I always felt it strange because it was spelt with a K, which is the German style, not with a C. And I never really understood why I had this name until later on when I was maybe in high school, I found out that I was named actually for a Franciscan monk, who was from a small village in Bavaria where my grandfather had grown up. It's called Aldutting. And there was a famous shrine there to Our Lady. I was very popular actually with Benedict XVI. But anyway, this Capuchin friar was known for his charity and he was very famous in this region. And this is why ultimately I have the middle name Conrad. I'm named after him. So when I learned this about my own name, it was very significant for me. It connected me to history, connected me to the past, connected me sort of to my roots, and gave me an inspiration for how I should live. Jesus in the Gospel, by the fact he's given the name Emmanuel, connects him to God's plan of salvation history. It connects Jesus and what he is going to do in a very important and powerful way with what God has done in the past. We heard in the Gospel today that Joseph is told that he shall be named Emmanuel, As the prophet said, the virgin shall be with child, shall conceive, and she shall name him Emmanuel. The prophet here that is being spoken of by Matthew is, of course, the prophet Isaiah. And we heard this in the first reading, Isaiah chapter 7, this very famous Emmanuel passage. Isaiah chapter 7 is being written or spoken in a very, very difficult time in the history of Israel. This is around the year 730 B.C. At this time and I think I've spoken about this before the southern kingdom in Jerusalem was under threat in various ways you had this brutal Assyrian Empire that threatened to kind of wipe out all the smaller kingdoms in its ways the kingdom of Judah in the south where Isaiah is but also the kingdom of Israel on top of this the northern kingdom of Israel has invaded the southern kingdom and all really looks lost in the south where Isaiah is preaching. The king at that time, King Ahaz, had no son, there was no heir, so the dynastic reign was not insured. People were really doubting all the promises that God had made to David, that there would always be a descendant of David on the throne. They felt perhaps abandoned by God. They weren't sure how God would care for them in the midst of all these threats. In this hopeless situation, Isaiah proclaimed this oracle. Behold, this woman is going to conceive, shall bear a son, and she shall name him Emmanuel. In the context there where Isaiah is talking, this son ultimately becomes Ahaz's son, and this son is Hezekiah. And Hezekiah, as we see later in the Book of Kings, is a very important king. He takes care of the people in this difficult situation, especially around the year 700. The Assyrian Empire almost destroys, wipes out the city of Jerusalem. But it's thanks to King Hezekiah that the people are saved. King Hezekiah makes preparations for the Assyrian raids. He expands the walls of Jerusalem. He builds a culvert that allows water to come into the city. It's under King Hezekiah that the people there in the south are saved from this brutal empire of Assyria. And the people truly understood that Hezekiah was for them, God with them. It was through Hezekiah that the people were being cared for by God, being saved, being liberated. And this is the person who Jesus ultimately is named after. His name is connected to this individual Hezekiah, who is truly the presence of God, saving and liberating the people. With Jesus Christ, however, Matthew wants us to see that in Christ, in Jesus, God is with us in an even more radical way. Hezekiah, of course, was a human being. And although the people understood that Jesus was taking, God was taking care of the people through Hezekiah, God was still distant. He was kind of far away. He was caring for the people, but through the means, through the mediation of this human king, Hezekiah. With Jesus, with the incarnation, something entirely different has happened. The separation between God and humankind has been eliminated. God has become one of us. God has taken on all our suffering, all our pain, all our difficulties. He comes to live among us. God in Jesus Christ is truly Emmanuel, is truly God with us. This distinction between us and God has been narrowed. The gap has been closed. This idea, kind of this distinction between God being far from us and God being near, I think is coming across quite clearly in a famous story from the saint uh, from the life of the saint Uh, Damien of Molokai. So some of you might know St. Damien. He died around the year 1889 and St. Damien was a priest who chose to go live in a leper colony uh, in a small island by Hawaii called Molokai. And when St. Damien went to go live there, he he was healthy and he served the lepers in that colony in various ways, building houses for them, getting clean water, but also, of course, St. Damien celebrated Mass for them, celebrated the sacraments. And as the story goes, when St. Damien first arrived, and for many years thereafter, he would begin his homily in this way. You lepers know that God loves you. You lepers know that God loves you. As the years went on, and he continued to preach in this way, a morning came at Mass where St. Damien said something different. We lepers know that God loves us. We lepers know that God loves us. Of course, by this time after his service with the lepers, Saint Damien had himself contracted leprosy. It's not something he sought out to do, of course, but it came with this mission that he had chosen. This gap had been different, had been been minimized, had been eliminated. The difference between you lepers and we lepers is huge, isn't it? Now Damien has come to experience all their pain, all their suffering. The same ultimately happens with Jesus for us. In Jesus Christ, God is truly with us, takes on all our suffering, our pain. He knows what we go through. He's taken on the entire human experience except for sin. In Jesus Christ, God is with us in an entirely radical way. It is ultimately that becoming one of us, that God saves us, that God liberates us. Now, up until this point in time, I've just talked about the one name for our Lord that we hear in the gospel, Emmanuel. There is another name, of course, that Joseph is said he needs to name this child, and this name is Jesus. Jesus, in English, comes from the Aramaic Yeshua, which means God saves. So in the person of Jesus, who is God among us, God is with us, saving us. And this, of course, is the other side of the incarnation. One angle of the incarnation, one side of the coin, is that God has become a human being in Jesus. He's with us, and he takes on our human condition. He understands us, he sympathizes with us. The other side of the incarnation is, of course, equally important. By becoming a human being... God then elevates us to become more like God. We receive the life of grace. We become deified, as it was said in tradition. We become slowly but surely more to reflect the life of God in our own existence. We become more like God. We come to have eternal life. We come to live like God. We come to love like God. Ultimately then, Jesus, by becoming so close to us, becomes a human being but ultimately goes on to save us, to making us become more like God, more like himself. We've lit, as we can see, the fourth Advent candle, so we are very close to Christmas. And of course, this lead-up to Christmas can be extremely busy, extremely hectic, a lot can be going on. So it's wonderful then that at this Mass we have an opportunity to kind of ponder Christmas, what Jesus is doing for us, to take a moment of quiet in the midst of all the hecticness in this blessed and happy season. During this Mass then, let us just remember or remind ourselves of these names of Jesus and what it means for us. Jesus is Emmanuel. He is with us. He loves us. He cares for us. He knows our pain and our struggle. He is also Yeshua. He is God saving us. Jesus has become one of us so that we can become more like God. So we ponder this, that our hearts be filled with hope and joy as we prepare to welcome Christ in a new way at Christmas.